Wardcast, episode 92, go! Woo! Go! Go! You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. All right. You sure? I'm doing okay. Okay. I've been... You know what? It's okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's all good. I'm Dylan Alvento, and I'm joined by... Alex Damrath. That's me. That's you. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Justin. That, that would Hi. be me. Hi, Hi Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dylan. Also, and Justin Alex. Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You all right? Hey, I'm doing all right. Yeah, okay down there? Is, is everyone all right? <laughs> yeah. Just start over. Okay. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> um, Alex, who you can find at brain deer games on <laughs> oh yeah that account um yeah you can find my alternate ego uh living it up on twitter under brain deer, under he's, at brain deer Games. he's feisty yeah he's excitable and uh he leaves a little reindeer after emoji after every tweet sometimes it's three nice oh sometimes he goes he 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 goes overboard hmm. yeah I've yeah. been keeping track of him because I want to make sure that nothing too bad happens. And I want him to like... <laughs> Smear your good name? Right, exactly. Exactly. I feel like that's a good plan. Yeah, I'll keep tabs on too. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Cool. And then Justin Mitchell, our resident Twitter superstar, is... Do you own any <laughs> ink cups, Justin? Ah, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what happened? Okay. <clears throat> so, um, this random game developer in Scotland that I follow. Uh, I think I happened upon his rant about egg cups sometime shortly before I went to bed. And so I just threw into the mix and I was like, hey, here's the types of eggs that Americans eat. Like, I don't know what we would do with egg cups. <clears throat> and um, I woke up to like 300 notifications. Oh, God. And over the, that entire day at work was just me on my phone responding to people and clearing out my mentions and notifications because there were like 8,000 over the course of that day. Um, oh, God. And then sometime between like noon and when I got off work, there had been like five articles written. And then between that, between that time and the next day, uh, Cosmo and HuffPost Australia had written articles about it. And it's all because most non-American English speakers, or I don't know, at least in England, they eat, England, Australia, they eat eggs, right. soft-boiled. So, so I, um, like obviously we can soft-boil eggs here, but we typically hard-boil them. Right. But I, I saw egg cups prior to that, like in photos. I had no idea what they were for. Yeah, I watched I figured, the Flintstones. I figured they were just... Chilling an egg on the table individually, and I some Martha Stewart shit just to make it look nice, <laughs> right? Exactly. And I was like, "That's super inefficient. Why would you only have a holder for a single egg? Why? Why not just leave them in the carton like everybody else, or have like a box?" Right. Um. Yeah. No. Apparently, that's like a a dish that they serve yeah, that you, I didn't know. You take like a, you take like a. Uh, spoon and you crack it over the top of the egg, and then like I guess you eat it. Like yeah. the, the the egg is then the the bowl out of which you eat but it's already a bowl like the right. egg cup is sort of yeah but it's not tall enough like if you crack because it's runny oh like a soft boiled egg yeah, is it's, is runny it's like i don't egg. eat eggs much i'm not a big egg person <laughs> no, I, so, okay. I eat eggs like almost every day i love okay. eggs um gotcha. i love chicken fetuses 
<laughs> they are delicious. Yeah. Um, but so so it started at egg cups, and then it moved to oh, no. how we eat eggs. Then somehow tea got thrown into the mix, and that was a whole fiasco. <laughs> um, and then tea. that turned into tea kettles, oh, which then turned into pans in general. And like they were like, "What? What in the fuck is an electric <laughs> frying pan? Like, can't you just put it on the stove?" And they were like, um, "Whoever posted about it, uh, I think s- somewhere in it's the like south. a hot plate, right? Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's it's like a think of like a uh, like a baking dish." That has its own heating element. You can just like take it somewhere and like make shit. Is, is it battery powered or is it like, uh, plug, like in? It's, it's yeah, kinda, you plug it's in? It's kind of like a one of those griddles that you can take out to a yeah, essentially to a grill or something. Um, George Foreman. Well, George Foreman makes like the ones that like fold over itself. This is just like plate yeah, this is like it, it's almost like in. a like a Dutch oven with a a heating element. I had okay. home ec class in high school and we make pancakes with these griddles that we put on our desks. Yeah, that were yeah. Just, yeah. I did the same. Um, huh? Yeah. But yeah, so it was just this whole, whole huge thing. Part of the reason it blew up so much, and I found out about this way later, um, was that one of the initial responses to me was from, I think she's Turkish. She's a refugee in America. And she commented that um, Americans ordered fried, we order fried eggs, and that's how we get like soft boiled or, or, um, like runny yolks. Right. And and how sad it is. Joking. But she has like 250,000 Twitter followers. So that just escalated everything very, very quickly. How Snowball. did she find two random game developers from don't Scotland know. and Richmond, Virginia? That's literally don't know. <laughs> but um but and and so in in the day long just like cascade of all this, every once in a while, some random dude would post and just, just set the whole thing off again well, just no just just uh he would reply to her response and throw this whole you know get your get your jihadi blah 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 out of here and and you know just just bring all that into the mix and i would immediately respond and be like we're fucking talking about food like go somewhere else yeah you don't this this is uncalled for yeah um, that, that's but Gross. she apparently had a whole slew of the, enough enough of those posts to make a collage of those posts and tweet about it. <laughs> That's um, sad. It is. I mean, it's. I don't know. Um, it, is what it, it is what it is. How do you like your eggs? I typically, um, I don't. So it's kind of in between an omelet and a scramble. Okay. Um. It's, do you, do you it's make not, do, you, do you mix up? the entire egg together to make it yellow or do you kind of like just throw them in and kind of depends on my mood. Okay. Uh, a lot of the time I will pan fry uh Vidalia onion and black forest ham first. Oh wow. To sear that and then throw in two eggs, kind of mix them up. So they're not going to be fried eggs with a runny yolk. Um, but they're not like fully homogenized. Um, and then black pepper, dill, a little bit of salt. Uh, if I use some ham, artisan eggs over here, mm. I, that this so is like the daily. Good. This is the daily thing. Um, Damn. But if I use black forest ham, I don't put salt in it because That's obviously. Moment yeah, yeah. um, and I have had a whole thing about how I don't use salt in my cooking. Um, uh, I don't know. I think I've been using more salt over time, and I probably should go back but you know i use salt to taste i don't just salt for you gotta right. you gotta eat it you gotta taste it first before you determine whether or not salt needs to be added right well so the the problem in process there for me 
is that I only add herbs or spices at the very beginning. I don't do it after. Um, I, I let it. You want to be aromatic? And well, cook a little bit. Yeah, but but also I, I want those flavors integrated into right. the whole mixture. Um, but that yeah, so I make that and then either throw like baby Swiss or double cheddar or something on it and then throw that on. Baby Swiss. Um, like a right now I have cinnamon roll bagels that that's going on with a little butter. I don't I don't really fuck around with breakfast. No, I, 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 I can tell. I'll do it. <laughs> I just grab a pop tart on the way out the door. Yeah, man. Fucking this eat. <laughs> Motherfucker, I've been unconscious for eight hours. It's something in my body. Yeah. <laughs> the um yeah, I'm pretty lazy with breakfast unless I don't want to be, but for the most part I am. So I'm just like if I'm eating eggs, it's either they're either sunny side up or they're scrambled, but they like the lazy scrambled where I'm like cracking eggs into the pan and then just like yeah, you don't mix you don't them together. The mixture. No, yeah. my mom does it. Wendy does it. My mom used to, you would add milk. I I don't add milk to scrambled eggs. I think I, I used to. Um, now now I've switched to almond milk for everything. Uh-huh. So almond milk doesn't have any milk fat, obviously. Um, so not gonna help. Also, I don't think all. that flavor would. Uh, I mean, I'd try it, with... but I'm thinking more like, uh, chemistry wise, it's just not gonna benefit. Yeah. Uh, I did have a really interesting situation where I wanted to add some milk fat to uh, my egg mixture, and all I had that in the house that had milk fat was vanilla Greek yogurt. So I put a spoon of that in, and they were the most like fluffy, velvety, incredible eggs. I I need to do it again. I need to try it again. Maybe did, I'll try it when I get home. Yeah, I've been last time I got Chipotle. I think I I didn't get any sour cream, but I added some. Some Greek yogurt to it when I got home. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I I mean that's an old kind of an older trick. Yeah. Replace mm-hmm. sour cream or yeah. whatever with Greek yogurt. People do it with mayonnaise too. Replace mayonnaise with like Greek yogurt and like capers. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah I could see that. All right. Well, that's been your food minute. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen, I think for joining. I, minute. <laughs> I think the food minute should should be a a constant. I like that. <laughs> I'll ask Will what he's been. Well, he's been cooking up in the kitchen when he comes uh, back. Yeah, ask him how his nug index is. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Oh man! Oh no! <laughs> I need this. I need this rundown on nugget math. I've been hearing all I, about it. I actually went back and listened to the. I like pinpointed the word podcast with nugget math and went and listened, <laughs> so I was informed about the nug index. What's what's your what's your take on the uh, nug? I mean, it's it's very logical for for you save four dollars for the same amount of nuggets, or no? Is it that, or do you? Pay the same but get an extra four nuggets. It's one of the other. It's one. It's like there's a four. It, it might be like the McPick two or something, and you get and you're saving money, but with the same amount. It's like you're, you're taking advantage of McDonald's combo system, basically. Right. 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 Yeah. It's two McPick twos, uh, both with six piece nuggets to get twenty four nuggets, versus paying the five ninety nine for a twenty piece nugget. Right. So yeah, it's the four nugget variant. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get David back on. To hear more of the nugget math. <laughs> I want to know what other kinds of math there are. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty. I mean, McDonald's alone, you can probably fuck with all sorts of math. Yeah. 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 Um, but other other chains, I'm sure you can too. <laughs> I'm more interested in secret menus. That's where my Okay. That's, that's where my sense. gems are. Yeah. Okay. Like the what's it? Uh Quesarito. Yeah. At Those Chipotle. Yeah. Or the uh burrito dilla. McDonald's burrito has, dilla. Is that the reverse? Yeah, is that um, the burrito ingredients inside the quesadilla? Uh, a friend of mine ordered one, so I don't remember exactly how they make it. They just like 
take a tortilla and melt cheese on it, uh-huh. and then make oh, a burrito. And then make the burrito using that. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Have you seen this double ch- hard shell chalupa thing at Taco Bell? I haven't seen it. My roommates told me about it. Honestly, I think the middle ingredients to flatbread ratio is pretty spot on with the chalupa. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm probably gonna stick to the OG. The this thing looks like a fucking trough. It's like a trough <laughs> of meat. Oh and I God. keep seeing it. Like I saw it. I think they rolled it before uh, before the trailers in Spider-Man. Because I'm going to go oh see God. Spider-Man. And it's just like, do you like the original Chalupa? Well, here's the double Chalupa. It's just like this <laughs> fucking steamboat of oh shitty Mexican food just like coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no. Man. No one needs this much like grade E beef. How about that new Spider-Man though? Oh, I liked it. Yeah. I, I haven't, liked it I haven't seen it yet. Pretty- I, I've been real lax on movies. It's really funny. I yeah. It's surprisingly funny. That was the that was the Spider Man we needed, like finally. But maybe not the one we deserved. Yeah. I, you know, I'd hope it's the one we deserved after all those years of shitty Spider Man movies. Might not be the one Amy Pascal deserved. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you not like Tobey Maguire ones? Uh, well, I like two, and uh, you know, I have to admit that the first one did get me into like Marvel comics in some way. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're there. It's just uh. I think two was easily the best out of all of them. Yeah. And I then agree. like we don't the, have to talk about three. Yeah. Right. We don't even... And then like three came and kind of blew it all away. And then Garfield was just oh man, did you catch the jabs at Garfield? Like um, in the movie? Remind me, if you don't like, mind. Just, uh, not, yeah. Okay. There's okay. that scene in the gym where they're all talking about like the girls are talking about Spider Man, like, oh, who is he? Like, like, you know, who could be and, like, you know, one of the girls is like, he could be like thirty, you know. Garfield's too old to play a high schooler. Damn. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I Tom, Tom Holland's like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. But in the movie he's supposed to be fifteen. So he plays it pretty well though. You could yeah, you yeah. could you can still you can you can buy that. Yeah, exactly. Did um, you um did you guys see the lip sync battle he did? With whom? Uh Tom Holland did a lip sync battle. I don't remember what song it was, but it was like really fucking impressive. Really? Yeah. Well, his background's in like dance. Yeah. Oh, so really? it was yeah. it was like seriously impressive. Hmm. I wonder how much of the moves he did on his own um, like there's lots of acrobatics going on yeah i think that part where he's filming himself in the hotel mm-hmm. and he does the backflip and then opens the door for john favreau i'm he might not have done like moved over to that side of the bed but i'm pretty sure he was the one doing that flip okay yeah, yeah i could see that like and they might have had him like on a wire and like moved him back but i think he's he did most of that right i don't know i, I, I like i like him yeah um uh i'm trying to think of anything else from that Oh, there's plenty. I could talk about everything about that movie. There's so many Easter eggs, man. Oh, I wanted to say I, I've made this before. I like I like scrawny Spider Man. I don't like chunky Spider Man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Tobey Maguire played a good Spider Man. Yeah, but he, he was a little too buff. Yeah, a little too chunky. Um, but if anything, Andrew Garfield was the right frame for Spider Man. He was the right frame. Yeah, I I, I think character wise, what I've always said is like Peter Park. Uh, Tobey Maguire was the better Peter Parker. And Garfield was the better Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. And mm. that character's always been about like the dichotomy between awkward high schooler and cocky superhero. And Holland finally pulled it off. Like he was both. Yeah. He was perfect. Yeah. And, and also it's weird because like it being so long since the MCU has started, there's no like this is the first one where it's someone like actually having to deal with like 
managing a secret identity yeah. in the movies. Yeah. Like, Daredevil has that in, in the Netflix show. Yeah. But, but, like, for the rest of the characters, they, like, through, like, Iron Man, like, ends with him admitting that he's Iron Man because right. they didn't that, want to deal with that. Which that first were, movie is so fucking good. Yeah, it's a really good. That was a good start. There's a great, like, mini documentary on YouTube that Disney and, like, Marvel produced about the MCU and how far they've come and how so much was writing on that Iron Man movie. Like, Favreau, I think, took out huge loans like like and paid for a lot of it out of his own personal pocket because he really wanted it to succeed. Oh, yeah. Mm. And really, if that hadn't been as good as it was, we would not be seeing this this influx of, of all these great Marvel yeah. films and this awesome interconnected cinematic universe. Here's looking at you, Batman vs. Superman. Oh, my God. <laughs> everybody that oh, I... Oh, that was rough. Sorry. Everybody that I know <laughs> said that the director's cut or whatever um, was a, a far better movie, but I I have just never had any interest in Superman uh, movies. Any movie... Like, I love Batman, but... He's just not an entertaining character at his core. Yeah. Like, he's, but I love Superman shows, like mm. Lois and Clark and um, Smallville. Great shows. Yeah. But but movies, like I just couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was finally good. Yeah, yeah. and Zack Snyder had a, a writing credit on that. So oh, I don't he? think okay. Zack Snyder's a bad writer. Mm. I just think he needs an editor. I don't think Zack Snyder should be DC's answer to Kevin Feige. Yeah. I don't think he should be in that role. Because he needs to be told no too much yeah. to be given like overarching creative control of that. Like, my biggest problem with, with Batman versus Superman is like every shot had to be this epic wallpaper moment, you mm-hmm. know? Like he was so in love with that scene of the gun breaking the pearl necklace as it fired. Yeah. Like showed it, what, four times throughout the entire movie and you could tell he's just like, oh, this looks so cool. Oh, <laughs> Martha. Yeah, he's just like... Every, Why did you say that name? Every shot's got to be this, like, desktop wallpaper moment of everything, you know, he's yeah. cool, he's in the sky, it's awesome, oh, lightning flashing, yeah. And it's just... Uh, I mm. No, if every shot's like that, the whole movie gets boring super fast. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he needs to learn to take a breath. Yeah. Did you Slow see down, Wonder Zach Woman, Snyder. though? I did. You like I it? Saw, yeah, I actually really yeah. did. I did, too. That was a good movie. Yeah. Um, it's it's on my list. I still haven't seen Guardians 2. Uh, yeah. I, I, so. In any given day, I would rank Wonder Woman or over Guardians 2, and then the next day I would rank Guardians 2. Like that. That's where they are, to okay. me. They're like yeah. at the same level. I mean, I feel like that's good, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Wonder Woman is, is a... B plus movie that needed to exist. Yeah. Mm. Beyond the fact that Warner Brothers needed a win, they also this Wonder Woman needed a, a yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Like this whole bullshit about female directors and and you know can they do this or you know everything about that. It's like no. All right. Patty Jenkins is just as capable as Zack Snyder. Leave yeah. it at that. If not more, if so. not more, yeah. Have you seen Sucker Punch? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's a, and it's just like even at their worst, Marvel movies are really, really watchable. What's the worst so. Marvel movie? Oh gosh, Ooh. Thor two. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not. Iron, Iron Iron I always three. feel like the Thor movies are probably the weakest of the bunch. So that I'm Ragnarok of, movie. I'm excited for Ragnarok, which looks like it finally might pick it up out of the ashes. Right. I. I, I, I don't love know. Thor, I, but I think he's been shafted. I. I love the Thor movies a lot. Um, 
I think, like I said, even at their worst, they're still like yeah. totally watchable and yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah, like that's, really that's fun. I, yeah. I like I liked the first Thor, but um, a lot of it was kind of like basing on tropes. Like if you watch, uh, so it was really interesting. I I, I remember watching Ultimate Avengers, which was that animated movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from like a decade or twelve years ago. It was good though. It was good, but yeah. like the scene where they thaw Captain America out, and then they like try to fake him over with like this with like the throwback room that mm-hmm. like looks like the 1940s and then he breaks out of the facility and then he's running around Times Square and getting really confused because everything's changed it's seven yeah. years in the future is the exact same scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So you see where they borrow a lot. So the final act of Thor is basically that one episode of Justice League Unlimited where they have to fight the robot like the destroyer or the annihilator or whatever it's yeah. basically it's that exact scene mm-hmm. it's like someone watched that episode of justice league unlimited and then like we should use this for a marvel movie <laughs> <laughs> which is not to say it's bad it's just the thor movie trades on a lot that's already been seen gotcha yeah people don't like that un- uh, incredible hulk movie i like it uh yeah if i were gonna say if i were gonna pinpoint a weakest movie for me it would probably be hulk uh, I say that having not seen the movie because I have zero interest in Hulk. I think that's the one MCU film I haven't watched, and I think it's because it's like so removed from canon. Well, especially yeah. since Edward Norton's not right. Bruce Banner anymore. Right. right. Ruffalo's right. way better anyway, but uh... look, I like Norton as much as the next guy. He's awesome, but Ruffalo is like, oh my God. Again, I, I like Ruffalo so a lot. As... Again, it's about body type to me. Mm. Mark Ruffalo is way too chunky and handsome to be <laughs> Bruce Banner. I'm sorry. Like that's, Edward that's, Norton should be Bruce Banner. That's, that's, that's fair. fair. <laughs> I also want I think Edward Norton is a huge Hulk fan. And so Really? Yeah, I, I think he like jumped at that movie when they gave him the chance. Yeah, and, and it broke down because of creative differences and like like I wish Terrence Howard was still uh 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 Rhodes. Rhodes. Mm. Like I like Don Cheadle, but yeah. It's Don Cheadle. I can't remember why he left. It was a uh, salary dispute. Okay. They they weren't going to up his salary for the second Iron Mm, Man. Okay. Which is shitty, which he should have walked away. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, no, my cannon, my head cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's all right. Cheadle's okay. I like Cheadle. Yeah. Yeah. Does a good job. Yeah. All right. That's been your superhero movie minute. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) A lot of minutes here. I thought this was a video game podcast. Yeah, Alex, what have you been playing? Uh, I have been, I'm now going to talk for three hours about Prey. Okay. Prey is fantastic. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm strapped in. <laughs> strapped in. Tell me everything about old JFK uh, and, and aliens beyond the stars and going out and spacewalking. And you see the moon. You can go towards the moon. You can't. I don't think. Can you reach the moon? You can't reach the moon. I don't moon. think you can reach it, the moon. It does the like you're out of field kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, and that that moment was actually a moment during this. This game is made of just awesome moments. Uh-huh. Uh, they. Um, yeah. I, at that moment where you finally go out into space and you're suddenly like, wait a second. I think that's when it starts to click that this whole map is free form. Like the entire game is like. You start off in one area, and the levels and the levels are sort of being presented to you in a in a fairly linear fashion, and then you go outside, and it's like you see airlocks for every area you've been to before, and like hold up, hold up, I can go back to those with like new powers and new abilities, mm-hmm. and see like what new things I can find, and like that was a little mind blowing, especially like the freeform movement through space is very well made. Uh, gosh, yeah, I just. I, I've uh, 
frankly upset with myself that it took me so long to get this one because I knew it was by Looking Glass uh, Studio. Like um, after yeah. that all got yeah, disbanded, like a, a, a spiritual successor like some DNA, like because Looking Glass kind of scattered to everywhere. Like, isn't some Looking Glass like irrational? Yeah, some of it's irrational. Some of them are with uh, arcane. Well, no, this is arcane. Yeah, uh, this is yeah, it. this is they're mostly arcane now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, who made Thief? There's some 2K. Uh, it's 2K, I think. Okay, I think. Um, yeah, just some, like they, they've all been sort of scattered, but like I think their core philosophy still rests within mostly arcane studios. And I think there's a reference to Looking Glass in the in the game. I don't know if you got there yet. Uh, maybe there's like a room or like a monitor or like the like the monitoring system in the station is called the looking glass system yes. or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I was yeah. like, I did right. pick up on that. I, I see what you, you said room. And I was like, I know all of the, the monitors like that, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, a cool yeah. idea. Yeah. And, and the way they do that, because I've seen a little bit of the quick, the giant bomb quick look, the way they do that when it's like the monitor, but it's like in 3d space. Right. You can so look you, through it. Yeah. yeah. Practically. There's a, there's a moment um, where uh, you can play like a video recording that happened in this room and there's three monitors that are all playing the same recording and there's a whole puzzle oriented around like it's totally optional but like you play the movie and you're watching it from one angle and you have to watch it from another angle like on on another monitor in the same room basically like you watch it from one end you're seeing this guy head on you watch it from on the back and you're seeing like his backside like and that was just kind of... Is that the puzzle? He's yeah. looking at the guy's butt? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you, like, watch... Um, which, which monitor has the butt? Right. You're sort of, like, <laughs> watching for details in the background while he's working. Right. That sort of give you an idea of what to do in this room to unlock some safe that gives you some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've always been a huge fan of these System Shock, Bioshock, uh, uh, Thief, all these... Uh, uh, Deus Ex, all these emergent sims uh, of... Uh, like shooters with RPG elements, basically. Um, they're awesome. They're my favorite. And so I had only heard recently that Prey was one of those, and it had just taken me way too long to get into this. It's great. I'm trying to think of like some of the other really cool moments. And uh, I want to say I think it's really cool that the creators picked up on Prop Hunt to create their primary enemy design, or at least their their most common minion are these little dudes that turn into props in the environment? Yeah, the mimics. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. my my developer was telling me about this. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of playthroughs of this game people just like hitting mugs, like coffee mugs with wrenches. Yeah, that's what he said. He was like the the first thing I do in every room is like go and smash around on everything to make sure <laughs> there's no mimics around. Yeah. I played the uh, demo and there was a part where like the music cue went up that mm-hmm. like there's an enemy around. Yeah. Like the stinger but there was no mimic or like it didn't spawn or like it ran like in the opposite direction. So I completely, cause like the, the demo is the early part, like when shit hits the fan, like when you wake up and then when shit hits the fan and then you start wandering around the facility. Yeah. And because it's kind of like this open exploration space, I think I missed, I hit the trigger, but I didn't see the mimic. It just like kind of skittered away or was like in a different room. Yeah. So it was just the, the swell, this music swell with his violins coming up. And I'm like, this is getting like, this is like stressing me out because <laughs> the music is so loud, but there's nothing nearby. Like I, I like. That's very psychological. Yeah. The very first time I encountered a mimic, I like, I didn't see where it went. It was like you said, it was just like music spike screen went phase like hazy and you know you got all that that spookiness happening and i was like 
freaking out. I had no idea what to do. I think they had just handed me the wrench. So it was just like, I have nothing to do but like wait for this thing to show up and eat me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it turns out they're not so tough. No. But like, you know, yeah. <laughs> so they're like the bipedal guys that are... Yeah, the bipedal guys get really hard. Um, I'm at a point in the game where they're starting to introduce like more and more variety of these things. Uh, there's one that I really hate fighting because I try and like whatever I do this game, I try and go through and like be as nice a guy as possible. Like in Deus Ex, I went mostly non-lethal. Um, uh, System Shock, I murdered everything. But uh, oh, was, what like, can you do? Yeah, really. Uh, in this one, fuck like, Shodan, you know. You're right. <laughs> uh, in this one, there are still like some human uh, crew members left. They're sort of like scattered. You don't encounter them often, but there's an enemy later on that uh, you'll encounter humans that are like fuzzy and uh, like mind controlled, mm-hmm. and they'll see you and they'll rush forward and their heads will explode. Oh my. And it will deal damage to you. Uh-huh. Like he'll he'll make the corpses like the these these walking zombies. And so you have to find ways to take out the people non-lethally, knock them out unconscious with a stun gun or a tranquilizer or something before taking on this giant floating ball uh wraith. Uh uh I'm forgetting the names of these things. Start with a T. Um yeah, okay. <laughs> um yeah. So, like, if you try and attack the ball thing head on, he'll just make them all rush you and explode. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, one of the strongest decisions that I think the design team has made, it didn't realize how much it was affecting me until, like, later on. When you hover over someone, it doesn't just say, like, human. It, like, gives you their full name. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and, like you, it's like your character knows everyone. And you have to... And there's occasionally you'll run into a phantom, one of the big bipedal guys with a name, too. Mm-hmm. Hinting at how, like, you know, they're being made from these people. And, like, you can't do anything to save the phantoms. You can't return them to the human state. But, like, the ones that are just, like, zombies, you know, it feel, makes you feel very compelled to try and help them. Nah, so, man. <laughs> yeah, just fucking whatever. Let them explode. Just me, man. <laughs> I, I must have restarted this one quest, like, five or six times because I kept screwing it up. I was trying to play it sneaky and knock the humans out before I killed the telepath guy. And But, yeah, they kept spotting me and exploding. I was like, God damn it, I just want to save them. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what else? There's, uh, and I just want to talk about this one really cool moment. They keep coming up with these great scenarios to, like, present to you these new enemy types. Uh, I walked into a bathroom at one point, walked walked past the sinks. Every sink that I walked past, like, went off, like, started rushing water. Yeah. And then, like, went into the, like, further into the bathroom. And, like, as I entered, like, the center, like, all the stalls started opening and closing, like, rapidly. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, my character gets lifted up in the air, and then, like, I see a little, like, movement in the background. It's a fucking invisible one called the Poltergeist that you have to, like, that's, like, your first encounter with is this bathroom where it makes everything, like, go nuts around you. And I'm just like, fuck this. (laughs) This is the worst. glue gun the entire bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, really. Oh, the glue gun is brilliant, too. I could talk for that, like, um, about it. I think it's cool. Talk about that for hours. I think it's cool that people can use it for, like, platforming. Right, yeah. You you can can build structures out of it. It's... That is a brilliant idea. It's a yeah. Prey is awesome. I think my only qualms are it doesn't do like a whole lot new, like to the genre. Yeah. Other than say like the glue gun or something mm-hmm. like that. But if you just want one of those classic like System Shock, Dishonored, you know, here's a big level. We don't care how you finish it, kind of deal. Fantastic. Prey's great. I think I think it kind of turned me off narratively too when I played the demo. I'm like, this is just Bioshock, but with like. A new coat of paint. 
I think it does a little better of handling the nuances than Bioshock. Like, it's definitely the same overall story. But there's things like, in Bioshock, where did the magic powers come from? Sea slugs. Right. Magic ones. Sea slug yeah. DNA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in this one, it's uh, they, they go into like some more details with how you're upgrading your character. And right. it's like, you're installing mods that are essentially memories of people who are far better at doing things than you are. And there's talks of... Interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to run faster than, like, here are the recorded memories of Usain Bolt. And, like, it just, like, reprograms your brain or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Like the Matrix. And it's also something, like, when you, like, slot out those memories, you lose them or if like you re- uninstall neuromods you lose your whole memory from up until that point right or from when you installed the mod until. which is a big story beat right yeah mm. yeah um yeah i only I only played the beginning of it and i just felt kind of turned off by and in the same way bioshock's very obsessed about its its canon or everything that happens before the story mm-hmm. there's a lot of in prey that feels like it's very obsessed with what happens before the story or it's like JFK never died. It's like okay, cool, but no, it like led to this huge explosive space race. Okay, and then this happened. This happened. It's like all right, give me two, give me to day one of Morgan. <laughs> like that's the story I'm interested in. Is the one I actually have agency and not your your setup. I think as you go forward, there are there is a lot of Morgan story. So I will yeah. say, if you want to get back into it, I think you will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, I saw inklings of that, especially yeah. between like him and his brother. I was like, all right, there's a lot. There's something going on here other than like your average speaking, Andrew Ryan kind of thing. Speaking of Marvel movies, his brother is played by uh, Wong from Doctor Strange. Oh. That oh, caught nice. me off guard. <laughs> like, I can see that. The yeah. voice sounded familiar. Is he like required by law like if he ever portrays a person do they have to be fat? <laughs> and Asian. Because like Benedict Wong like kind of really sticks out. Like yeah. he, he has a he has a unique face and has a unique kind of presence. And he's got that voice that's very like deep and guttural. Yeah. Because like, yeah. like, you know, you know, Wong in uh Doctor Strange or uh his character in The Martian. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wong wasn't that big. No, he's not like super fat, but I'm just saying he's he, you know, he's a bigger guy. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. I like I like I like Benedict Wong. Yeah, he's cool. The Benedicts, Cumberbatch and Wong. <laughs> it's a buddy comedy I want to see. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's about it. I was going to talk about Splatoon 2, but that actually starts tonight and yeah, not last night. Fest. Like I thought it was going to be. What um, team are you? Uh, ice Cream, obviously. Yes. Um, I am also Team Ice Cream. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Let me get your friend code so we could do that together. Yeah, because who cares about cakes? Right. Also, like Cake is Pearl's team, and Pearl freaks me out a little bit. Is Pearl the Pearl's the short one? Okay, yeah, I like I like this new splat, uh, this new pop idol duo. Yeah, but, I do too. I like but, the awkward one versus the over over cocky one. Right, it's a good, it's good dynamic. I lo- I saw some fan art of like drawing them as Pinky in the Brain with uh, Pearl as the brain because she's a really short, like big headed one, yeah. and it was it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Polygon article going around about how like everyone's just kind of like. Uh, determined or like just settled with not liking pearl yeah and then there was a gif of i don't know who it was but there's someone uh an nba player and he's just slam dunking but it's pearl's head <laughs> and the basket is just a trash can <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god i'm like yeah okay yeah yeah fuck pearl she just looks weird like every she just 
I don't know. She like, looks like a, like a crazy evil gremlin. She's, she just has that attitude of like the mean girl in like some like kid cartoon, just like that asshole ish kind of. Yeah. Like, my parents are rich, and I know what I'm talking about. And meh. and Marin is clearly like super sweet and like kind of awkward. Like, yeah, and, it, and it's like everyone sort of gravitates towards that. Pearl's got no redeeming values whatsoever. Well, gotta say, not a fan of the squid hair. Very uncomfortable by that. You don't like the squid hair? I, I'm just un. I'm just made uncomfortable by it. I hope <laughs> there are some more options. My yeah, my, my squid avatar. At Were the you moment. allowed to change your hair color? Because uh, I wasn't. No. Okay. Hair color is always a uh, team color. Uh, oh, that way okay. you can distinguish from a distance. That's and team smart. color Ooh. is randomized based on like whatever match you go into. They always just make sure it's two like complementary colors, and that's it. But that's it's smart. different every match. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I can't. I can't do the motion controls in that game. Really? Yeah. I was just like, it's well, it's too awkward, and you have to recenter it, or at least I did. I had to recenter it a lot. Um. I think once I got into the options and made it a little less sensitive, it's fine. Um, you kind of need it for certain weapons. Like, if you're going to use chargers at all, the sniper rifles, gotta have motion controls, man. It's all about that flick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just go on the body, flick up, hit the head. Right, exactly. Yeah, got it. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it out again. But it, it was super jarring going on that tutorial. And then it's like, you're using motion controls. And I'm just like, whoa. Adjust it. <laughs> like, get into your options. Make your stick controls faster and your motion controls slower. Like, just make the motion controls very slight and the stick controls very fast. And you're like, you'll be able to, like, make very fine movements, very fine aim, very easily. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Splatoon's the one game that I really like it on. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, I bought a Switch. Yeah, last yeah. week. Um, just to clarify, because I didn't talk about it at all last week. Um, like it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have not put it in the dock once yet. Oh really? Oh really? Dock's still in the box. <laughs> dock in the box. All right. Um, a because you know I've just been kind of sitting on the couch messing with it. B, I'm very scared of all the horror stories of people scratching their screens or warping their switches due I... to the dock. Oh God! I have had zero issues, okay. and I have docked and undocked mine at least like sixty times. I'm going. So, sorry, I'm going to echo that. Yeah, it okay. seems to be okay. I also have a screen protector on mine. Yeah, I yeah. I don't have a screen. I don't have any protectors on mine. But I, for a lot of things like that with technology, I I have to wonder if it comes down to user error. I th- it might be like mm-hmm. like how delicate you are with putting it in the. In right, the dock. and I, I'm really not even that delicate, especially for like the port. I'm just like, eh, there it is. <laughs> but like, <laughs> and Justin hits the top of it with a hammer just to make sure it's secure. Yeah, but um, get a couple good swings. Yeah, no, no problems whatsoever. All right, maybe um, maybe I'll take the plunge. The the one <laughs> the one big thing that I did is I got a pro controller, uh-huh. so that um, I never have to take the Joy Cons off. Which, Those things are nice. I the pro controller. <laughs> yeah. So I actually I've used the I've played the Switch more undocked than docked. So the pro controller actually feels super weird to me. Yeah. It feels good, but like I'm so used to the Joy Cons, um, that there's there's quite a bit of change. But most of what I'm playing obviously is, um, RPG things. Like I spoofed uh, a japanese account so i could get the seiken and setsu collection mm-hmm. um and since there's no actual d-pad on the joy cons it's like four individual buttons yeah uh moving around in a 
2D action oh, RPG you can't rock the... is super interesting uh-huh. when you <laughs> literally don't have diagonals. Right. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean, I can, I can like thumbstick it. Right. But, but it's not real. That's that's still weird. It's not legitimate. Yeah, I thought I wasn't gonna like the thumbsticks, so I messed around with Alex's. I was like, these thumbsticks don't feel that high quality. And then after a while, I was like, no, they feel good. Yeah, feel fine. Yeah, feel fine. I'm not like crazy about the Joy-Con thumbsticks. I think the uh, the roundedness of them yeah. is like prone to having you slip off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all right. Um, I do want to say I, I also want to echo the Pro Controller. I got to try one. My brother got one. Um, beautiful, beautiful yeah. piece of like yeah. tech for it. I thought it was like going to be like the Wii U one, which felt really flimsy and cheap. Mm-hmm. This one's like heavy and solid. And like the buttons are really firm, and like everything clicks together really well. It's like, it's a really nice controller. Yeah, and even like aesthetically, it has like a couple of different finishes on the different parts. Yeah, it's got the mat on and the, the um front of it. the like main section is translucent, so you have there's like circuitry. Like you, it's not like looking at a circuit board like the old like PS One purple controllers or, mm-hmm. yeah, or like a Game Boy Color. Yeah, yeah. um, but yeah. It, it has like designs and stuff on it. And like a it's, textured rubber grip. Yeah. So like it's it's really nice. And industrial designer had fun with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. That's cool. I really want the Splatoon one just because I really like the color accents on the grips. Mm. But I don't like the squid mm. uh, print on the on the face of it. Yeah. So I wish I could get one. But I really like, I bought these arms Joy-Cons. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the yellow. I really like this neon yellow color. Um also, talking about things where I feel like I'm breaking this thing, whenever I slide on these black parts, like the shoulder extenders... Yeah, be careful with those. I'm just like, am I breaking this? Yeah. They're, they're dangerous. I don't think I've put mine on once. Because <laughs> okay, there's like a little like white insert at the bottom of them right. that you pull down to like eject them. And I don't mm. think I did that the first couple times, so I don't know if I like fucked up the railings or something, but... I don't think you really destroy them. It just like, it could be a pain to get back off. Mm-hmm. I dropped my switch. <gasps> yeah. Um, Is it okay? I don't. I don't remember this. The scenario in which this it happened. It just can't speak with in vowels now. It just forgot <laughs> all its. <laughs> um, can't add. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember how it happened, but I dropped it maybe like two feet. Uh, Jesus Christ! Wow. On, I want to say it was on carpet, but it might have been on hardwood. It's totally fine. Like no, nothing at all wrong with it. But I was just like. Oh my god, no. Like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, just like I don't know, it just like slipped out of my hands or something. Jeez. Yeah, I'm super terrified of that. Like whenever I like take it out of the house, I'm just like <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> I, I made the mistake of not getting a case for it and then ended up like taking it everywhere. So, um I like designated one of the hand towels in the house to be like what I wrap it up in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Until I, I get a until I get a case. Well, I was at Target like last week, and and they had cases, but the cases included like space for the dock, so it was like a fucking like baby bag. It was like this huge <laughs> yeah. thing. I'm like, dude, I'm not carrying this fucking thing around. Honestly, carry like the dock or diapers. Like, I, why not? Why I, not both? Why not both? <laughs> I don't carry mine out of the house as much unless I'm going to be setting it up on someone else's TV. So I was thinking about getting one of those. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all in all, OS is pretty good beautiful um don't like how i have to constantly check my username every time i go into the store or any app where it's like oh who do you want to play this as the person who's logged in right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't give me this prompt the only user on this system do not give me this prompt yeah i i can agree that uh 
that if you have a single account, then having the prompt for it maybe shouldn't happen. Um, but having multiple accounts uh, helped me a lot because I could just make a Japanese account. And then anytime I need to go buy something, assuming I've conned uh, Amazon into selling me yen cards, uh-huh. <laughs> um, wh- that took me like four hours to really? like find an address for a shack in Hokkaido that I apparently have an address for now. Like it was, <laughs> it was a situation oh God. Um, <laughs> to, to get those yen cards to buy the second Insetsu collection. But now that I, now that I have it set up, like, Oh, this came out in Japan and like half of it's in English or it's icon based, like secret of mana. It's all just click in the store as my Japanese account and go buy it. Like, right. it's, I, I like that flexibility. Mm-hmm. So nice that they haven't like region locked anything yet. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't. I don't think yet. they're going to. Yeah, I, I'd really hope they don't, but I'm thinking it might happen. Um, so when I booted up the Switch, I I got like last Sunday, and I go to like do all the basic like startup shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, create an ID or create an account. Um, uh, like create your profile. All right, do you want to link this to a Nintendo account? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so I hit like yes on that option, and it says okay, preparing, and then it's just a buffering wheel for like a solid five minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> uh. So I turn the system off, turn it back on. It started me off right in the same place it set up. Actually, it like bumped me a couple spaces forward because I guess it just I don't know whatever like fail save it has in it. It's just like all right because that's the last step in the setup process for the switch. Right. So it was just on the home screen. Yeah. And then it was like, would you like to link your Nintendo account? I was like, yes. Okay, preparing. Another like five minutes. I'm like. <laughs> okay something's up here yeah and then i shut down the system turn it on again and then the first prompt was would you like to update the os software i'm like yes yeah let yeah let's <laughs> do that and then it's like okay preparing <laughs> but it actually went through that no no it, it said okay and then it brought me to a download screen and then it had a download bar and it said uh all right os is downloading um or like software updates downloading uh, you can back out of the screen and it'll download in the background. Uh, and I was like, sweet. So I back out and just like looking around the home screen because I hadn't messed with the OS yet. And I was like, I wonder how long the, because uh, it said it was only going to be like three minutes. And I feel like it's been three minutes now. Uh, what's Where's the download at? And I couldn't find the fucking like place where they hid the thing in the, in, in the settings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, there should just be a there's all this white space on this home screen. Just put the download somewhere on there. Just do like what Steam does. There's like the bottom at the very bottom yeah. bezel just has your download bar. Like just let me hit it and get back to it. But I yeah. finally found it. And I was like, all right, it's ready. Ready to restart? I'm like, yes, restart. Would you like to link your Nintendo account? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so I linked my Nintendo account and I'm like, where's my me? I was like, oh, we don't have your me like connected to your Nintendo account. Like you have to create a me specific for this this system. I'm like And then I immediately go, I Google how to transfer me from Wii U or 3DS to Switch. And then it's like, you can do it using an amiibo. I was like, well, thank God I bought Wendy the Wool Yoshi amiibo. Yep. All right, how do I transfer it? It's like, all right, you press it to the NFC on your 3DS, and then you transfer, and then you press it on the Switch. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm just like pressing Yoshi's butt on like every surface of this 3DS <laughs> to be like, where is the NFC spot? And then this lower screen lights up. And it's like, NFC spot's behind the screen. I'm like, okay, yeah. press it there. Got the me. All right, time to put it on the Switch. 
all right, where the fuck is the NFC hotspot on the Switch? <laughs> and I'm like looking it up, and I'm like, the the NFC hotspot is on top of the thumbstick on the right Joy-Con. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving Yoshi like this fucking amateur proctology exam using the goddamn <laughs> right Joy-Con. And I'm like, put that on the screen. Yeah. UX, user experience, right there. Say where the goddamn <laughs> NFC spot is. Yeah. Goddamn you. Like at least on the <sighs> on the on the Wii U tablet, it's like a square or something. Like yeah, they have an icon for it at the very least. Oh my god! But other mm. than that, but you know, I did that, and then I went and bought Mario Kart, which I went to Target, and they didn't have fucking Mario Kart. I'm like, there's like three games that you that you should have for the Switch right now, and one yeah. of them should be Mario Kart. And then I went to GameSpot and entered that hive of scum and villainy, and oh my god, and bought Mario Kart. Did you feel? Did you feel icky? Walking well, out of that. Well, I was kind of. They were kind of like, "Do you want to buy a pre-owned version? It's five dollars less." I'm like, "No." And then after I bought, it, I was like, "You know, these are cartridges, and it's probably really fucking hard to fuck up a cartridge." Yeah, yeah. you could have. But you, you probably could have. Need been that fine. new. I need that new game smell. I need to unwrap <laughs> the shrink wrap myself. The only reason I'm buying like new games now is because Amazon is offering them for dirt cheap if you oh, yeah. Prime with Prime. Yeah. yeah. Splatoon was like forty bucks. Why? Ooh, yeah. I should pick that up. Yeah. So, so um, whether we segue or not to uh, Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age now, um, <laughs> when I ordered it, when I pre-ordered it on Prime, I got it for like $10 off, and that was my checkout price, so that's what my card was charged. And then when it got to me, I got an email that I was getting an, another like 11 or $12 credit or like return or refund for it. Okay. And I have no idea why. If but the price drops at all, like between when it uh, is like ready available for pre-order and when it ships to you, they'll return that as credit. That's not mm. bad. Yeah. <laughs> you look suspicious about that. I, I mean, <laughs> however it happened, that's cool. But yeah, I, I really had no idea why that was a thing. Well, so before we get the Zodiac Age, I just want to say two more things about the Switch and Mario Kart 8. The so I really wanted to switch, and the switch I mostly got. This is more my like Super Mario Odyssey prepared <laughs> like <laughs> setup. Like yeah. that's mostly what this is, and I I have Twitter alerts set for Wario sixty four. Are you guys familiar with that Twitter account? Mm-hmm. No. He basically tweets deals like all the time. Okay. Like, when Prime Day was happening, it's like here's this video game deal. Here's this video game deal. But he's basically going to be the first person to let you know when the SNES Classic. Uh, goes up for pre-order like because it's just gonna <laughs> as justin, justin reaches, reaches for his phone yeah <laughs> let me let me let me just uh um this real quick but he's very good about like oh uh switches back on sale in walmart oh switches back on sale at best buy All right. so i went on walmart site and to fucking set up a walmart account because who the fuck has a walmart account and <laughs> to pre-order a switch and you know it took me through the whole thing and got me to the ordering i processing i hit checkout and it said you're good to go and then, like an hour later, which I didn't realize till the day after, because I wasn't checking my email, that it said, "Oh, we canceled your order." And I was like, "Oh, okay. I guess they ran out of units or something." And then I check on there. It's like, "Oh, we had problems uh, processing your credit card, so we had to cancel your order." And I'm like, "That's bullshit." Yeah. <laughs> you know what that is? That is your system not having something in place to say we didn't have enough stock to sell you. And you coming up with an excuse. Yep. Yep. Because I double checked my card number. I was like, this is exactly right. Yep. Oh, 
I was so mad about that. Uh, oh God. I mean, been part of a lot of Amiibo Hunter forums and, oh. and subreddits and that sort of thing. Walmart and GameStop are the two worst contenders for just like, I'm sorry, your order... Um, Gone. <laughs> Somewhere in the void. <laughs> the, the eagle stole it. Yeah. <laughs> Swooped down. It's like, I'm sorry we told you that we had that reserved and everything was hunky-dory and now everything is not hunky-dory. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, so I ordered on Walmart and it wasn't going to get here until the following Tuesday. And that was Thursday, I believe. And then Friday, they went up back up on order on Amazon for only Prime users. And I was like, fuck, get it? Yeah. One click. There we nice. go. Yeah. So yeah. I got that. But I got the gray controllers, and I really wanted the, the neon ones, but whatever. I'm I'm interested to see long-term what uh what, what Joy-Cons are released. There was a hot second. Did you see those customized the, 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 the NES the, ones? The Famicom? Uh, mm, oh, yes, yeah. I did. Man. And there was like $220. So I was like, Ooh. but still, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't know, like, for me, at that point, I'll just fucking take my set apart and do it myself. <laughs> just paint them yourself? Yeah. I mean, I, I used to be a cabinet finisher. Oh, so cool. Oh, nice. I can I can paint anything that exists. Nice. Um, People. I can paint. I have a red and blue, so I just want a green and yellow, like, at the complimentary oh, four. Oh, nice, yeah. nice, yeah. Representative of four players? Right. That'd be cool. Yeah, but the, the, the multicolor XABY is, that's like... That's good stuff. That's key. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get that. Are you, are you one of these guys that wants the the Famicom, the Super Famicom Mini, and not the um, SNES Classic? I, any game that I'm gonna play on those systems, I have in like six other forms. So like, right. it, it doesn't really interest me. Right. Um, I was just, I was more interested in the in the in the industrial design of the the Super Famicom. Oh, um. I don't really have an opinion either okay. way. Yeah. Just yeah. That was the sole reason I got the new D the new three DS, the smaller one. Mm-hmm. Was those multicolored buttons. Speaking oh, oh, speaking yeah. of yeah. uh new three DS, small version, no longer in production yeah. in Japan. Yeah. I'm I feel lucky, honestly. Yeah. Like I, the, I, I think people were just opting for the, the XL. Or the two DS because no one's using the three D. I, I bought uh an OG two DS, the non hinge one. Right. Uh, literally don't play it. Don't Cheese wedge. Uh, but it's one of the biggest reasons I got it is I have I have rather big hands mm-hmm. and I hate playing systems on my fingertips. Mm. Uh, and so since the the button controls are about halfway up, since it doesn't clamshell, um, it's a lot more comfortable for me. Hmm. And I'm never gonna use the 3D feature because it sucks. Right. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let me pay sixty bucks and get that. Yeah, those nice. things are like dirt cheap. Oh yeah. 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 Um. All right, so real quick, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is really good. They have a respectable battle mode in it. Yes. Nice. Um, I can play it anywhere, including but not limited to the bathroom. <laughs> Extremely correct. Yes. It, playing battle mode anywhere in the house is probably like the most awesome thing. I could say a respectable online battle mode. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good, you guys. All right, but Justin, tell me about Final Fantasy twelve Zodiac Age. All right, so and five words or less. Uh, that's one. <laughs> good game, pretty graphics. <laughs> that's, that's, that the uh counts, but yeah, the, yeah. those are uh, your five good words. Game, pretty graphics. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So unlike a lot of people, 12 is like one of my favorite Final Fantasies. Uh, I usually rank it as like my third favorite. Um, uh, part of that is the world that it's in, which is the same world, arguably, that Final Fantasy Tactics is set in. Evil Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> also, the music in 12 was done by Hitoshi Sakamoto, who did all the tactic soundtracks uh he's the one that i met at gdc oh cool like lost my fucking mind oh my god Um, i I can only imagine i have his business card (laughs) Um, whoa did you spend the requisite 10 minutes appreciating his business card since he's a japanese businessman oh i mean you have to pour over it way more than 10 minutes okay (laughs) Um, (laughs) but zodiac age is based on the international release of final fantasy 12 so it is a remake it's a remaster, okay. not a remake. Okay. Um, like the Final Fantasy VII remake is a remake. Is a remake. Not this, a remaster. This is like an HD update kind yes. of thing. Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, but they also tweaked a lot of the systems. So like in the original 12, money was non-existent. Mm-hmm. Like it was a huge fucking problem the entire game, or at least for me. Oh, like money was scarce. Yeah. Like you could not. Your gill. Like I would have to farm just to buy new shit. Um, which to to me, yeah, it's kind of a detriment. It it's not even that it's a detriment. It's just like if you want to farm, that's fine. And in a lot of games, you have to farm for levels or abilities or whatever. But if you have to farm every time you get to a new location to buy new equipment, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's not good design. Um, but uh, they also, I think, the biggest change is the license board which in the original 12 everybody had the same license board you had all the licenses available to you however you wanted to do your license paths is that like the job system was license board um okay so uh the license board in the original 12 um so in 12 whether you have a spell or an item or whatever um or 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 weapon you have to have a license to use it so, okay. so like you can go and buy a katana, but if you don't have the license for that katana, you can't equip it. Um, which, like a Moogle gonna pull you over? Like, excuse me, sir, do you have a license to wield that katana? <laughs> um, not in Texas, but um, <laughs> yeah. <Hey-o. laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it, it's an interesting system. A lot of people didn't like it. Um, I just got used to it. I thought it was pretty cool. But in the Zodiac Age, they have crafted. Uh, unique license boards for each job class. And so when you get a character, if you go into their license grid, um, you have to select what class they are. And you then you only have access to those licenses. So one of the biggest problems that people had with the original 12 is that you could, over time, make any character the exact same way. Kind of like in 10. If you, if you put the time into all the sphere grids for each character... They would all have all the same abilities. Hmm. Um, so in creating the job class system, they eliminated that. And now all of your characters are built pretty specifically. Um, the And I like that. Um, one thing that they added in Zodiac Age is that when you get, I think it's when you get your first Esper, um, they allow you to choose a second job, which then I guess, I don't know if it adds another board or if it just unlocks a whole bunch more stuff um 
But so with that in mind, uh, I decided to go for weapon proficiencies for my first jobs. So like whether I use a bow or sword or spear or whatever, um, and then I'll worry about magic later. The biggest detriment to that is I'm like 10 hours into the game and nobody has any magic, (laughs) which like it's not hugely detrimental to me being able to play it, but having put like 120 hours into the original, having lots of magic for every character the whole way through, it's a big change. Right. Um, but the graphics are gorgeous, completely gorgeous. And what other tweaks did they make? Um, there's a lot of little things they did. Like in the original, when you get an Esper, um, you summon that Esper and they kind of come into battle with whatever character summoned them, but you can't control them. They're just kind of there. They do their stuff and they go away uh, for however long they last. Um, in Zodiac Age, you actually get to control their abilities and attacks and stuff like that. So that's um, that's a, a much needed change. Hmm. And this is PS4 and PC or just PS4? Uh, just PS4. How many of the Final Fantasy games have you played? Uh, you played all the main numbered ones? Oh, yeah. Uh, right. I played two weeks of 11. Are you counting online or not? I mean, I've still played them, but we, sure. not. I I've played about two weeks of eleven when it first came out, and I've played about a month of fourteen. All right, and I've every never... single spinoff. Also, have you played Cloud and Super Smash Brothers? Also, like... have you watched Advent Children? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Spirits Within. Spirits Within. Oh, I, yeah, of course. Um, All right, so I, I asked that because I've only played one, the first one, the first one, which is why I really like your shirt. Yeah. Fire time, black mage, red mage, white mage, fighter. Great shirt. Is, is that your is that your go to roster for one? Uh, I usually go use monker fighter, or black belt. It's it's a tough choice between thief and and black belt because black belt's awesome, but then thief becomes ninja. But who are you subbing out? Who you're for? I I usually go. That's a really tough question because my four are probably the ones on your shirt. This is like the standard four. Right. Is this black mage or... Yeah, it's, or, black, um, it's black and white and red. Oh, okay. And okay. fighter. Do you not um, use red mage? Uh, red mage is like probably my favorite class that's ever existed. It's a good um, class. So... Yeah, I think if I were to craft a new Final Fantasy One party right now, it would probably be fighter, thief, uh, black mage, red mage. Oh, it's just a sprite where everything in that game is so good. But anyways, yeah. so I've only played one. I want you, I'm going to go down the list, and I want you to describe every single Final Fantasy game to me in like one or two sentences, okay? Fuck. Just okay. gameplay, plot, just the entire shebang, however you want to summarize it, <laughs> the entire thing, one or two sentences. Are you ready? <laughs> Do you remember them all? Lightning rounds. All right. Uh, all right I, so, I will try. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll name them off and you do it. Okay. All right, Final Fantasy 1. Um... I'm already I'm oh, already fucking it up. Um, Here, I'm staring at Warriors of Light. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh no, that okay. Four Heroes of Light is a different game. Have you? Oh no, you haven't played Four Heroes of Light. Have you played Four Heroes? Of Light? Okay, I've only game. played Tactics. It's like All the right, only Final on, Fantasy I've ever touched. Okay, okay. Uh, Final Fantasy One uh, base classes, um, basically a computerized D and D, and you get an airship. Cool. And that's awesome. Final Fantasy Two. Um, really good system design idea, really poor system design execution. Okay. <laughs> um, don't remember anything about the story. Okay. Final Fantasy three. 
Uh, first American act- three. Oh, Amer no American three or because yeah. American three is Japanese six, right? Right. So are we going Japanese numbers or American numbers? Let's do American numbers. Okay. Well, then two is a very different explanation. Oh, really? Because- I didn't know two was different. All right. Yeah. Final, Final so- Fantasy two. Final Fantasy 2 American, American and Final Fantasy 4, okay. which is um, an incredible game, incredible story, uh, hugely emotional plot twists. Great game. If For people that have never played a Final Fantasy, 4 is my starting point for them. 2. 2. Yeah. US 2. This is why people get confused by this. All right. Final Fantasy 3. AKA ja- US 6. Yes. Or, uh, Japanese, Japanese 6. American 3. Uh hands down favorite final fantasy best final fantasy made um huge roster of characters each one has a very different backstory and skill set the world is amazingly put together um pretty washed out color palette it's very like industrial steampunk kind of thing the whole situation with the espers versus the humans and how espers create your magic system is flawless uh, also, Magitech, uh, multiple airships, Chocobos, Moogles. Okay. Um, Final Fantasy IV, American, which is what? Is that just regular? Is that four? Well, well, we went. We went one, two, three, seven. We had no Final Fantasy IV. We had no four, five, and six. Right. Because those what are the, the fuck is this? Series, those are the Japanese ones. What the? <laughs> That's why fuck? I assumed we were going Japanese numbers. Oh no! All right. Well, all right. We'll stick to American because I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. Okay. So after so, after three is seven. Okay. They, um. Are you serious? Like, there's no what? Because we never. Okay. Instead of Final Fantasy Five, Japanese, we got Mystic Quest. All right. What? <laughs> what the fuck ever? All right. Final Fantasy Seven. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Amazing story. Obviously. Um. Groundbreaking graphics. Uh, Sakaguchi had to build a uh, an actual like movie team in the studio to figure out how to make the the movie parts of that game even happen because mm-hmm. nobody had done it before. Um, I need you to give me character names too. Just like just say just spit out all like, of them. No, just like main three or something. Oh, uh, my my main three and seven were Cloud, obviously uh, Vincent. And then really a toss-up between Red 13 and Sid, maybe? I don't know. Sid sounds familiar. All right. Um, Sid's in every Final Fantasy yeah. except the first one. I really like one. Sabin. Oh, well, that's that's yeah. Final Fantasy 3. He, yeah, Wait. he's... Oh. We're, we're talking Whatever. about 7. Okay. Yeah. Um. So 8? Is that a real... Is, is that a one that yeah. exists? Yeah. Well, after 7, <laughs> after, after seven, all the numbers are normal. All right. Dylan's um, plan backfires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, these numbers just don't exist. Yeah. You know? Because um, Americans can't count or something. Eight, right. The biggest problem with 8 is that it takes 40 hours to get interesting. Um, but, and I, I always hated 8. I was like, 8's a shitty game. It's got some cool stuff going on, but like, just poor execution and nobody gives a fuck about the story. And then I played all the way up until the end i never actually beat it um but i played all the way up to the end and probably around hour like 45 i was like yeah let's let's do some of this story shit like this actually fun. all makes sense now great fun all right yeah. nine uh nine is incredible nine was a huge throwback to the or, like original fantasy based style uh really good characters amazing backgrounds amazing music all of them have amazing music. All right, I need you to give me like actual descriptions, not just platitudes for the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
What happens? Who does it happen to? Gameplay. Okay, so nine is about uh, this character named Zidane who has a tail and nobody really knows why. And then you find out. Do you want like massive spoilers for this? I don't care. Yeah, okay. Whatever. You, care? you find out that Zidane is a clone and he his brother is Kuja, who's the villain. Um, and they were created by Garland, who's actually. Wait, from one? Yeah. Gar- yep. Shaking my head over here. All right. So that's nine. Is that where we're at? Yeah. Was, you just said nine? No, right, so nine. Ten? Um, ten is a lot of people's favorite. I think ten would be my favorite if the story wasn't ruined for me because I watched my roommate play all of it before I actually experienced it. Uh-huh. Um, ten was okay. The battle system was really cool. They actually went back to turn-based instead of using ATB. Um, I don't remember a lot about the story other than the fact that other than like massive spoilers, uh, there's this big thing called Sin that exists and like goes around and destroys everything. And there's a whole bunch of different races and there's a language that you can learn if you like find all these little compendiums that replace vowels or letters in the the language when it's spoken to you. Wasn't that a thing <laughs> in one two? Or like there was a city that only spoke one word until you got translated or something and you learned the language. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, I I don't know. All right. Maybe. Uh what were we at? Eleven? Uh, 11 was online. It was fun for like the two weeks that I played it. Um, that's essentially it. All right, cool. <laughs> 12. 12 is um, one of my favorites. Huge, expansive world in Evilus. What happens in it? Um, oh, that's complicated. Um, All right. Just give me one sentence. What happens in it? Doesn't even have to be characters. Just be like, this does this and then this. <laughs> Uh, you travel around to overthrow the empire and Vane is a cock. Cool. All right. Awesome. And then what were we at? 13? Uh, 13 is super pretty, uh, lightning. Some lightning bullshit. Yeah. The legend of lightning's hallway or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The the legend of lightning's hallway is extremely accurate. Okay. Um, but it's really gorgeous. Uh, first final fantasy that did not have Nobuo Ometsu as the composer. Okay. Um, so the music was very good, but very different. All right. And then 14 online. Dra- 14 online. Dragon lots eats of the fun. Moon. Uh, Dragon eats the moon. Or yeah, Bahamut comes out of the moon and kills everybody. And then 2.0 existed and Final Fantasy 14 was good again. Okay. Um, and then 15 um, road trip. Road Fl- trip Florence boy band. Machine. Road trip with the boys. Um, <laughs> honestly, didn't think I was going to be all about the whole like drive around in a car with your friends aspect, but it's extremely endearing and... Uh, 15 is a very well put together game. Sexy looking food and oh, extremely sexy food. Gotta take that picture of the ramen cup. Yeah, <laughs> keep that with you <laughs> at all times. I found out uh, not only that cup noodles is a thing that exists, uh, but that Amazon will sell you for ten dollars. Amazon will sell you a twenty four pack of cup noodle. So my roommate and I bought like wait. six six crates of them. What? Wait, 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 no, I. How did you not know that cup noodles was a thing? I like the styrofoam cup of noodles. Yeah. Is that what like, we're talking like about? the brand, like it says cup noodle on it. Yeah. Are, I just, I, I always, with I always like the white like, font with like the orange stroke yeah, line around it. Is that, you've you never been, seen that? Have no, you been I, to a Kroger? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> have so, you met so, a college student? No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a huge difference between the Marachan, like, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about. Instant lunch yeah. thing and like the Nissan cup noodle yeah brand yeah. i'd never seen cup noodle brand before 
I'd always seen them like march on like shit. In dollar stores and Walmarts and Kroger's. It's right it's next everywhere. It's, it's right next to the Velveeta. I've, I've, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'd only found it at uh, Tan A. And I was like, oh. There's cup noodle here. Yeah. And then it was like fucking incredible. And I was like, green let's, tea order, Kit let's order six crates of this and then we can eat How it. How many we're units broke. is that? Uh, it's like a hundred and I don't know. What's six times 24? 144? Did you actually order 144 cups of noodles? Yeah. No, like <laughs> wow. that, that's legitimately what happened. Props on being alive right now. So, so well, yeah. we, well, we haven't eaten them all. So, oh, Jesus okay. Christ. All right, all right. But we <laughs> so, have them. <laughs> all right. So, so pre-diabetic, not onset diabetes. Uh, uh, insulin resistant. Uh, okay. Okay. So you don't fuck around with breakfast, but any other meal a day, what the fuck ever. No, 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 no. no. Cup, 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 noodle, cup noodle solely comes into play for uh, cheap and fast because we also bought a Keurig. So I can just be like 10 ounces of hot water and then I have a meal. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Do they not sell cup noodle K-cups? Is that the next innovation? I feel like that needs to be a thing. I, I don't feel like that can be a thing. <laughs> it might be. I mean, you might not actually get noodles. It might just be the broth, but... It would probably be a lot easier to keep it the way they uh, the way it is, because you can't exactly, like, strain noodles through that. So they would have to, like, make a separate thing Machine. that's, like, the flavoring, and then you're still putting, like, the... Why not yeah. just combine It's like, it's them, like, like a soda stream, doing. but for now, ramen. Now, yeah. that, that does bring up the, the very interesting point of, like, what if we had K-cups for... Um, broth or or seasoning that just didn't have a filter. So like you could put you know a cup of penne in front of your Keurig and it would give you like some tomato basil chicken broth. Hmm. That could be a thing. Hmm. I think. Hmm. I feel like we're all hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything. Like today. deviated to food twice now. All right. Um, <laughs> Another it, food minute. It, <laughs> no, no more, no more food minutes. That was a food minute. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, um, do you guys want to do this donkey thing or let's yeah, talk, I mean, talk let's, about donkey real all right, quick? All right, donkey. Um, donkey's cool. Okay, so yeah, let's. No, I'm gonna dunk on donkey. You're gonna dunk on <laughs> donkey. Okay. Dunk right on him. All right. Uh, man, there's a lot of shit on this thing that we didn't talk about. <laughs> well, like, okay, yeah, there's a big list though. Yeah, well, I mean, like outside the donkey thing is also like, oh, uh, dude, Alex, how's Doomfist? Oh, oh Evo, really quick, Evo's about to start <laughs> for oh, like um, not even a minute. Doomfist is a fighting game character in a first-person shooter, and I love that. Does it work? <laughs> it's amazing. I his mobility is insane. The way you can get into people's faces and then like punch, punch, uppercut, like rocket fist them. It. Incredible. Anyway, that was my Doomfist. Is, is Doomfist going to be uh, at Evo? I hope so. Doomfist only Overwatch <laughs> matches. It would be beautiful. 1v1 Doomfist matches at Evo. All right. So, Donkey, video game Donkey. Uh, he's funny. He's got some good yeah. videos. He's a cool guy. I, I like think. his Skyrim mod thing. Yeah. He uh, released a video about game critics, which we've all seen. Uh, if you need to look it up, look it up. We'll wait. All right, we waited. And um, <laughs> pause now. <laughs> pause for content. He so it was kind of this huge kind of teardown of what he dislikes about big video game review outlets, mm -hmm. and uh, he went over a lot of stuff. So and, and I, I kind of itemized his video. So the first thing he talks about is he goes into this thing that there's an issue with large outlets and their decentralization of opinion. So basically how you have all these differing critics at a video game website and that's bad because they can be contradictory about right. what they say. And right. he, he does this 
this this reel of all these people at IGN, like their video content being like, Sonic's great, Sonic's horrible, Sonic is amazing. Guess what, guys? Sonic's back. Guess what, guys? Sonic was never good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, so, all right. So I'm, I'm going to be very kind of against a lot of what he said in this video. Okay. But um, not, because, not because I dislike Dunky or anything, but because I, I think he gets a lot of stuff wrong. He gets some of the stuff right. Um, but... So this first thing about the idea that 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 having critics with differing opinions on one outlet's a bad thing, I just I don't I don't agree with. I don't get. Because like obviously there there's an issue there with like communicating that to users because users like you you all three of us might have but have kind of like a better understanding about how the industry works and being like if I read a review that's not like the end all be all on a game. That's right. going to be one person's take in the sea of hot takes on a game sure but the average person who may not be that embedded and just like hey i like to play games I just want to know what's good and they go to an outlet and they'll take it at, and they'll yeah and they'll be yeah. like okay this is this is objectively what this game is like yeah um because you know you can see that with like the the friday the 13th game a lot of people don't really like that game because it's broken it's buggy um polygon gave it like a four but other people find it really endearing, like 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 to look overlook it despite its flaws. Right. What do you guys think about that? Um, I think so. It's interesting. I mean, obviously, people are going to have differing opinions uh, on probably literally everything. Um, but if you if you are trying to create a unified approach as a brand like IGN, um, releasing a whole bunch of differing opinion articles kind of makes that hard. Um, but also like, does that even matter? Like, right. I mm-hmm. like when, when I look at a review uh, for something, which is fairly rare. Um, but when I look at a review for something, um, I always check to see who has reviewed it. If it's somebody that I don't know, like obviously I don't have a basis for what they like and dislike. Uh, and so that might drive me to then say, has this person that I do know reviewed it? Let me see what they say about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's kind of important uh, as far as, like you said, maybe not the average gamer that's just going to like check GameSpot or IGN and like, what did they say about this game? But like if you are if you are invested enough to look at reviews for everything that you play or or, you know, everything that you want to play. Uh, I feel like it might be smart to i to to find reviewers that you identify with as far as their opinions, right. and and stick to them for your source instead of just you know taking a shot in the dark. And I mean, and it's also like the same thing. Film criticism, like you know, people want to go just see a movie review to see how it's like. They're not going to New York Times and like being like, oh, such and such is reviewing it. I have a, you know, I agree or disagree with their opinion they right. just see what's there and kind of right exactly kind of read it um i feel like ign sort of builds itself on this identity of being a conglomerate rather than individual writers as well so right. i think that like sort of feeds into that a lot of people go to ig and feel like oh this is the whole opinion right. of this entire site rather than just being like one writer from ign i also think it's an issue with the way ign looks at a conglomerate but i think like industry previous industry standards kind of like pressure them to be like that Mm -hmm. you know back from like the game pro or egm or game informer days like when print was really big it it, it was very much like okay here's here's what this establishment has to say yeah but like with the advent of like 
the giant bomb system where it's much more personality based polygon if you like poly i mean i read a lot of polygon so if like just mcelroy or, or whoever's reviewing it i have an idea of like what their temperament's like and what and, and and that's going to i haven't liked it. a ton of the writers at polygon but i do appreciate how they um seem to differentiate well enough and like do talk about more from the individual standpoint and they'll even have some differing articles i've seen like some reviews that aren't so glowing and then other like write-ups which are more like you know but i really like this and like they'll do a whole article on what worked really well in a game right I think Polygon's video content helps with that a lot. Like when you watch like Nick Robinson and, and Griffin McElroy like do their spiel, like it it helps establish that they're these are individuals, okay, and not just a conglomerate. Like I've seen Eurogamer do that a lot lately too. Yeah, and and I'm really appreciative of that. And I think people are pushing more into the video content thing to get people get people's faces on on camera and establishing that thing. It's a good so, idea. So I do agree that there's an issue there of like. I don't think I think he I think he I think Dunkey pinpointed the issue but came from from the wrong side. We're saying that like all these individuals want to be individuals in their giant organization instead of being a cog in the giant organization. Mm. Where the issue should actually be, well, why does the giant organization exist in the first place? Yeah, like you know, because whenever a giant bomb like loses or gains a new editor, they have to reinvent themselves to a certain degree. You know, when it's like where Austin Walker leaves for Waypoint or or you know. Ben Pack comes on or Dan Riker comes on, it's they, they have to constantly constantly recontextualize what, what their content means because now they have different voices. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, these larger establishments that take some of the ideas from like old school press kind of have to do different stuff. So that was interesting. Yeah. But then you also see stuff like I think this is interesting. The 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 Polygon Doom review that got famous for like the video of it. And and how I sort of see still lots of people like what you trust Polygon reviews like just in general going off of that one Doom video. Why did they score it lower or something? Like, what oh, was the... do you not know? Mm. I don't know I, about I, it. I personally do not watch a lot of Polygon um, video content. To put it lightly, it looked like they handed a controller to like an eight year old to play through Doom for their video review. It was mm. just it was widely bashed all over the internet. Like whoever reviewed Doom and they did like review it kind of mediocrely. Um, whoever was playing it in the video clearly had never played a first person shooter before in their life. Like picked up the pistol and then just kind of kept aiming at the ground while like walking around and like getting hit by monsters. So was this like a video review or was this just like a quick play? Like, do you know who was playing it? Do you know who the reviewer was? Just, I'm just curious. I, I, I would have to look it up. But I know I still see like lots of people like, you know, polygon reviews aren't, you know, to be trusted because mm-hmm. they don't know how to play video games. That's weird, though, because like, <laughs> you know, a critic, like a critic is not a professional gamer. Like a critic has to play all these different games and they may have games that are better at and that they're worse at. But I don't agree with this perception that like, so like there's this, there's you should this, have some basic under, understanding of the mechanics, no, though. And it looked like they clearly didn't. And I, and I agree, but yeah. I, I. Like, I can just put it like this. I probably wouldn't trust that person's opinion on a first-person shooter right. from then on. That that right. might be more acceptable, but just the flat-out, like, disbar polygon from, like, trusting their reviews, I don't know if I agree with that. But also, like, yeah. there's a real, there's a video I remember watching. I remember watching the Shadow Colossus re-release, the HD uh, remaster from Giant Bomb, and Brad Shoemaker is playing it, and he did not know about the grip meter mm. for, like, half of the video. Hmm. So he's constantly following off the Colossus and he's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like 
freaking out at my laptop. I'm like, dude, the grip meter's right there. Yeah, but that it's like, kills you know, me. But reviewers and critics and, and journalists, they, they, they have to play so many games. They're going from game to game to game to game to game. And that's why their content can be good. Because and you're never bored because one week they're talking about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, the next week they're talking about Prey, or they're talking about Splatoon 2, or they're talking about all these different games. And if you want to see someone be I don't know, I kind of find it similar to like if if a film critic wasn't good at writing a screenplay, does that make them a bad critic? It's it's a little similar. Like I know play, the playing of game is a different type of consumption, but the 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 interaction of of games. But I feel like someone who does know how to write a screenplay would be a better film critic than someone who doesn't. Maybe right, but I I would say that that doesn't. That, I'm not that saying that excuses it either. Right, it's just, yeah. yeah. That that doesn't discredit someone who isn't good at writing a screenplay from having developed their own perceptions and and ideals for what is good versus bad. Right. Yeah. Um. So I can understand. So yeah, I can agree. If like, hey, I I've never played a first person shooter like i'm very bad at first person shooters and they give me doom and I'm like and they say doom's too hard or they say doom is x y or z i can understand that um i don't know yeah i think that's that's kind of where i sit with it like um i am pretty much terrible at any game that is uh action and reflex oriented so like I love Hyperlight Drifter and I want to keep playing it, but I just die constantly <laughs> and it really makes me not want to play the game. Not because it's a bad game, but but be, but because you can't I get to suck it. at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like me reviewing a first person shooter, I could review it on graphics. I could review it on like HUD design and stuff like that, but actually playing it like I'm going to suck at that game. So my opinion on whether it's hard or what, you know, how it feels is essentially completely invalid um just as someone who like career plays first person shooters or like action platformers stepping into um like a a tactical rpg or a turn-based rpg like i i'm gonna have to i don't want to say discredit but like i'm i'm gonna have to take whatever they say about it with a, a big grain of salt because um like that's not their wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I feel like that's very important. And 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 Dunkey kind of touches on that on his video because there's a part where he's talking about uh, we were kind of laughing at it. it was the part where the guy's reviewing Super Mario Brothers Wii. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like, this game is old school tough. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then and then Dunkey says like, GameSpot is notorious for like being bad at at platformers. At platformers, right. yeah. Which first off, I don't know how you can even ascertain that. <laughs> Like, how can you determine that an entire editorial team is bad at a genre of game unless you've been, like, so embedded in that, like, team's work for years to understand, to come to that understanding to just, and if they're uploading, like, them playing games or doing streams or whatever. I don't even know how you can make that assertion other than you saying they review, they review platformers more forgivingly or harsher or something, like... I don't know how he could figure that out mm. because if he were to sit there and watch an editorial team work and review for on a specific genre or like on games for so long, I think he would have different opinions on some of this stuff because some of this stuff is very much like the, hey, I play games and I really like games, but this outlet didn't like this game that I really like. So what the fuck outlet? You don't know what you're talking about. It, it comes from that kind of world of just like fandom and enthusiasm that disregards a lot of the hard work that critics do yeah 
and it, yeah. and it and it sounds weird. And which is the main problem that I have with this piece in this video is that you know he's coming out and critiquing game critics. Um, some of his criticisms are valid. Like there's a lot of issues with with game criticism, which we've kind of hit on mm-hmm. talking about it. It's a lot of inconsistency. Yeah, but he's also, you know, the the video has three million views. You think every every single of those three million views is like absorbing nuances of his argument or trying to go out and say and and make derive their own opinion from some of the ideas he's he's brought up? No. Or do you think they're all just being like, well, video game critics fucking suck. <laughs> And every, that's every, all that needs to be said. Every I, every time this has come up on the the Slack, and Tyler's like, "Let's talk about uh, ethics and games." Ethics and, and I'm just like, "God damn it!" <laughs> just no, just no. leave it alone, Tyler. Oh, guys, God. it's about ethics and games journalism. I just I just don't touch that with the ten foot wall. That's yeah. my <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. I, well, not after the last nuke went off. Mm. Like that's yeah. I'll just leave that alone. What the notch nuke? Or different no, the, the ethics and games journalism Gamergate scenario. Oh, yeah. 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 I just that. think everyone should be nice to each other. Yeah, just just yeah, general don't, rule, don't be a dick. Yeah, like, don't, that's don't not that hard. Dig into someone's personal life. Don't base your game reviews on how much you're getting paid. Like, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I want it to be. Which I don't think people are doing that. Like, the getting paid part. I think it's happening to some degree, but maybe, maybe sure. not as like heavily as. But in these large outlets, I don't think so. Correct. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I I honestly don't think so. Like I have enough faith, and 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 a lot of my opinions here are are derived from Giant Bomb because they're very open about like their editorial process or their past editorial process at outlets like GameSpot. I think Giant Bomb is totally clean. I I think so too, but they are coming from a history of knowledge from outlets like GameSpot and talk about like here's. The history of games criticism and games journalism, and this is how it was derived, and this is how it was pulled from things like film criticism or you know old school print journalism and all these different outlets. Like we created this ethics. Like there's the part where Donkey talks about, and it incensed me when he talked about. I don't think games outlets are being paid off, and then he flashes a picture of Jeff Gersman to incite rage over his firing from the Kane and Lynch review. Are you familiar with this scenario? Uh, vaguely. All right, so, so Jeff Gershman used to work at GameSpot uh, almost 10 years ago. He was, like, one of the leading reviews editors. He gave a very bad, or, you know, middling to bad review of the first Kane Lynch game. At the same time, there was management changes on the account management team. People who were uh, in charge of the buying and selling of advertisements on the website. Mm-hmm. And so at the same time that Jeff Gershman ran his review, they also had advertisements running on the site for Kane and Lynch. The publisher kind of like exerted a little bit of pressure on GameSpot. And the traditional line is the account manager would come to the review team, the senior reviews editor, and say like, is this review legit? Did you, did you do your due diligence on creating this review? And they say yes. And then account team backs off and say like, okay, will tell the publisher to back off because it's it's about it's about ethics and games journalism it's you know it's about mm-hmm. you know this this standard of like yes you're paying us to promote your game on our site but that does not then kneecap us from providing coverage or you know honest criticism about your game mm-hmm. right and some publishers get incensed and some developers get incensed but all in all everyone gets along even if a bad review is done 
you know, blacklisting doesn't happen that much. Some blacklisting happened with Kotaku a couple of years ago with Bethesda. And I forget, I don't think that was over a bad review. I think it was about like early release copies or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like the fact that he fl- he flashes the picture of Jeff Gershman on the video and then he says, I don't think people are afraid about losing like the revenue streams, but I think people are getting afraid of losing the revenue streams because then he shows like this this revenue cycle chart of like, you know, publisher pays, advertiser, advertiser pays, uh, games outlet, games outlet reviews game for, for publisher. Yeah, yeah and, the, the cycle. And this creating this false narrative that people are getting back paid. It's the same thing with like when someone asked Arthur Geese from Polygon a couple years ago, it was like, hey, Vox Media, don't they get money from Microsoft? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that means you're not impartial about Microsoft games. It's like, no. It just means that they're getting seed money from Microsoft. You can mm. still get support. Like, you know, Apple and Samsung don't have the best relationship, but Samsung was still manufacturing Apple processor chips for the iPhone for years. Yeah. yeah. Flash memory for years. Like the the tribalism that exists there is is so oh, it's so noxious and insane to me that mm. they can just People just want there to be conspiracy. And it's not. And it's not the case. And if you listen to Jeff Gershman talk on Giant Bomb, on the Giant Bombcast at length about this topic, about him getting fired, about all that stuff, you know, the account managers, they got flustered. They were new at this job and they thought the correct course of action when someone causes a problem is to get rid of said problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So they so they asked him to leave, he left, you know, and then he went and made Giant Bomb and basically reinvented games journalism and and video content for games in a whole different way. And that's that. And this that's the part that gets me. It's just creating that false narrative and it's going to, you know, it's going to pass through his audience like a pandemic and mm-hmm. it's, yeah. And it's not going to help. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, it should be about it should be about like here are the flaws and here are people trying to acknowledge said flaws. And he and he has been on Twitter like responding to people like Patrick Klepek wrote up something, Phil Philip Kolar from Polygon wrote up something. I forget who, uh, someone from Forbes, from Forbes' game team wrote something. And it's just, I'm sorry, I'm sensitive. No, yeah. it's, it's, no, no, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. you're fine. Um, I I typically stay away from uh, the majority of like games media and reviews and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't have a lot of formed opinions on what is going on because I don't usually know what's going on. <laughs> Like, I just have like a handful of people on YouTube who feel like very personality driven and that's what I kind of trust at the moment, you right. know, and, and then like I know their opinions on games. I know that if they have a strong opinion about something, then I would appreciate that game and like that's sort of what I go off of. I feel like the money behind the scenes scenarios are happening to what degree and with what companies, I have no way of knowing. I'd like to say maybe IGN because they always seem really shady sometimes, but like I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's it's like you go through it, and I'm losing my train of thought, but that's what I think. <laughs> Sorry, that's all right. <laughs> that was awful. No, no, anyway, no. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just so I mean he goes into a couple things which are like. A lot of these are issues that game critics agree that are problem. The things about deadlines and embargoes, like you know, mm. you get you get you, you get a game. You know, Bethesda doesn't give games out early anymore. That's just part of their mantra. Right. You're gonna get Wolfenstein two the day it comes out, just like everyone else, and you have 
till whatever time to 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 review it and get your review out which is what it is yeah i I, yeah i don't feel like there's anything wrong with that that's their decision to make it is their decision to make but also like it it, kind of they kind of just threw away the standard practice for no other reason than they wanted to well and and the the issue that creates is then it causes shadiness on the side of bethesda where it's like why don't you want to release your games early are you afraid they're not going to perform well are you afraid reviews are going to affect the performance of these games which they make good games so it it, kind of doesn't make sense like they they have no reason to be afraid of praise you know first weekend of of sales if the reviews come out day of Mm -hmm. but like like you said it's i mean it, it is ultimately their decision to make but like his argument about the uh about the rat race to get to get the reviews out the earliest possible because then you get your review score on metacritic and then people are are, are clicking on your review first and they're reading yours and then you get yeah. revenue from that through clicks and stuff like that like people acknowledge that that's an issue that's why giant bomb you know the last three giant bomb reviews have been like prey arms and like something from like last november like they review, they review games when they want to review them. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I really liked his point uh, that the he had the clip of the guy talking about this. The whole um, like you know, you can't review just a song. You know, to really listen to music requires you to like sit down. Like I being Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. It was and, like and, he, he was like you can't you can't review an album the day it comes out. Right. It's like you, there's no way you could sit and form fully invested opinions on that album. Well, so the like, question is, that, is, that the, is that the game critic's fault or is that the publisher's fault for not giving them the game on time? Because I mean, like, look, at, I think it's a bit of both. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's like, I don't think blame can be solely placed on either one of those. Um, really, it comes down to like publishers pushing you and being a game critic, if you're with a company, uh, they would probably want you to get that as out there as possible too. They want that clicks. They want that yeah. ad revenue. That's what's important for the company. Um, it's not as much about the review anymore as it is about making sure your ads get looked at first. Yeah. And so I don't know. There, there's like, uh, one of my favorite YouTubers is uh Joseph Anderson, who does like hour long critiques, like really in depth analysis of of games, and it takes him like a month. Right. I mean, like he plays the game as much as he can. He writes down thoughts. I mean, he refines, he edits, he goes back and plays more to like make sure his his information is accurate. Like, there's nothing about the game he doesn't know about by the time he's giving you his review. So, I, I mean, like, and I feel the same way about this Donkey video. Like, I don't think Donkey video, Donkey put this video out. Like, made this video over the course of a weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I think he he put some thought into it. Yeah, I just think a lot of his opinions are misguided. Or he's like hitting on an issue that game critics would agree is an issue, but contextualizing them in a way that's the oh, fault always falls on the game critics. Yeah, and not mm. and not the larger issue of where games criticism and like just the games industry on that side, games press is right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like once people realize that ad based revenue doesn't work, <laughs> or advertisement doesn't work, or when Google finally releases like their ad blocker for chrome yeah that just automatically blocks ads then like then everything's gonna be upturned it's gonna be you know the second culling of journalism just like how print journalism was you know trying to find its sustainability and then eventually like died most of the way and then is really small now like yeah online journalism is gonna find something similar and i don't think it's an ad blocker i think they've come out and they said like it's an ad refiner like you have to adhere to web standards of advertisement oh okay like no auto playing videos no or sound pop-ups. no animation no pop-ups rollovers yeah just make it like 
Give your information. Be a billboard. You don't need to be anything else. Okay. Be be print journalism, but digital. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you print got, advertising. You hear that, Forbes? Yeah, really. The hell is I'm sure they're this website. Yeah, they better be. <laughs> yeah, they're advertising. One of team. my favorite uh, sites to get reviews lately is just totally unusable on mobile, and I think they've actually come out and like said something about this. Uh, PC Gamer, you try oh, really? to visit their website on your phone, it's impossible. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Wait, no, I think. Oh no, I'm thinking something. I, I think I tried looking at a PC Gamer article at work, and my work internet blocked it. Okay. Yeah. So it's different. My yeah. my new job has literally everything blocked except for hilariously neogaf what kotaku and itch (laughs) and i was like really i can get to itch but i can't like like all of google is blocked i can't get to google yeah all that's blocked granted i just started a job at um a healthcare startup so being hipaa compliant is like a huge part of it okay but um i don't i have a feeling they blocked half the shit because they just wanted to just or did. because they were like they didn't know better people are gonna like dick around online and not do work so hey, guess what people dick around online at work all the time people are allowed to like actually enjoy going to work and dick around a little bit so they can actually be productive i cannot imagine work without google that's like a core element of my of any oh, tech okay field. so so google.com itself is not blocked but all of the the google suite is blocked like, like I, have no, I have no access to drive. I have no access to Gmail. I have no access to hangouts. I can get to keep. I can take, what? I, I can, I can take like sticky notes that will save in my do, Google keep, but that's you, it. It's still crazy. So I guess you don't have a Google app email at work. I did. Does your email, does your work email, do you have a work email? Yeah. But it's, but it's, it's not Google. It's like Outlook or something. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's at the web the company website. No, but I'm saying like, is via, it via Outlook? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we use all the, the Microsoft stuff, but we, um, we, you, YouTube's not blocked at work, but YouTube I, isn't blocked either. Account.youtube.com is blocked. So <laughs> I can't log in to YouTube. I can just watch YouTube videos, but I can't be like the channels I'm subscribed to. What are they playing right now? Yeah. Okay. Or we used to have Twitter blocked, but ever since my job got a Twitter account, <laughs> they unblocked Twitter. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter's blocked. Facebook's blocked. Slack is blocked. Although my, what? my, so the only, the only office communication we have is Skype for business, which, oh, oh gross. Uh, yeah. I um, hate Skype. So my, my test manager and I are like berating the entire company about how they need to use Slack. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The day I can uninstall Skype off my computer without fear of like ever needing to reinstall it will be the happiest day ever um so slack has full video chat now i don't know if you know that one step closer Uh, it it literally is skype just through slack there have been there are people Um, at my work that are been there so long that they call skype link uh get on microsoft link when i when i worked at capital one we had uh macbook pros Uh, even as as recently as what like two months ago um when uh, on on my macbook at work it never updated to skype to business it was always link <laughs> even though that even though the changeover was like two years ago man god corporate technology corporate Whoa. it yeah man. we're um my no my company ever wants to upgrade 
My my company is um I don't think it matters so much in the healthcare industry as far as like your UI UX mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But we are very like 1998. And mm-hmm. my my uh my manager is like, can we can we like do something about this? Yeah. <laughs> um I um my like first couple weeks at my job, I was on the MagFest web- website. Mm-hmm. And I was like filling out the application for the MagFest indie showcase. And then like a couple weeks later, MagFest was blocked. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? I was like, oh. Because uh, it alerted someone that I was on this video games-esque website. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I video can, games aren't work. I can, on, I can get into Amazon. <laughs> I can log into Amazon. I can order shit like at work. I feel like that's pretty important for everybody these days oh. to be able to get to Amazon. Um, but I, I still do all the the fucking around online that I'm gonna do. I just can't do it through my work computer. I have to do use my phone. phone. Yeah, mm-hmm. which like are you connected to the Wi-Fi at work? No. So you're burning up data. Uh, I I went unlimited. All right. <laughs> I got this job and I was like, yeah, I'll just go unlimited because like right. my I share a plan with my sister and she uses like eight gigs a month. Jesus of our, Christ! Of what our, the hell? Of our ten, she doesn't have work Wi-Fi either. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So with both of us on it, I was like, "Yeah, we're going unlimited because well, we're we're just gonna I fuck use our like plan." Maybe one gig. I, I will fluctuate a lot. <laughs> like some crazy. some some months I'll use like two, and then another month I'll use like five. And I'm like, "What? Where's the difference here?" So I'm like shutting everything off. Like, all right, no more autoplay videos and gifts on LTE and Twitter. And just turn all this shit off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think the biggest the biggest eaters are uh, Facebook, obviously autoplay videos, stuff like that. Uh, and then for my sister, she scrolls Tumblr a lot, and that's just like leaking oh, the Tumblr app data. Is the worst, yeah. But yeah, Donkey. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I think he had some pressing points to talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, it it got mired in a lot of the same kind of BS critiques that people have of game critics, and yeah, it's a, it's a one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that he said that I had an opinion to disagree about or, or to to agree about um was he was talking about he played the clip of the the guy who's reviewing what game was it mario brothers was crash it, bandicoot it was, crash. Cra- it was oh, okay it was crash and he was like the controls are real spotty and he just like listed off all the stuff he didn't like about it and the this the final score was like 9.1 oh that was wasn't like, that wasn't crash that was okay but yeah it was like you can't laundry list a whole bunch of stuff that's wrong with the game and still give it like a 9.1 like that's that that doesn't even make well, sense my argument against that is that he might have been cherry picking stuff in that the reviewer might have had a good opinion overall in that video and he was just cherry picking all the bad stuff he said but also that is an issue of his editorial team because at polygon what they do is they sit down they read the critics review and they look at the score he gave it he says all right you either if 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 the score in the review jives, it's like okay, this this sounds like good. Right. Maybe, maybe tweak this language a little bit, or it's like all right, you need to tweak this language a little bit more to match up with your score because it's either too positive, too negative, or tweak your score. Consider adjusting your score. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, and I I agree to that. It's probably more of an editorial issue, um, but yeah, I I guess for me, like if if you're gonna cherry pick all the the bad stuff out, like don't. If you're going to review a game and give it a 9.1, don't have your video be the cherry-picked bad stuff. Like, that that just doesn't jive. Oh, I was saying Donkey cherry-picked those clips. Oh. 
yeah, that's to, to lend credence to his argument. Yeah, that, that's there, that's that's also fair. There's also fair. that that just general problem for reviews for anything in general that sort of it comes from like the American grading system for some reason, right? Where it's like anything below a five is awful, it's failing. But yeah, like so the real score happens from like five to ten. Yeah, you know, it's like it's or like really the, like seven to ten. It's like yeah. the bell curve average is at like seven point five. And so 50% is 7.5 and above, and then the other 50% is 7.5 and right. below, which is not an issue. Like, I mean, if that's if that's the way we want to use the score, I don't think saying, oh, you don't give enough twos out, therefore your review, your score system is is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, to, to an extent, any review score is, system is bullshit. Like, this argument has been had ad nauseum about review scores and how they should be used. They shouldn't be used. Why do you want to itemize it? Why are you providing the subjective score? Especially in the day where... You know, day one patches are a thing, or two weeks out patches are a thing. Like that's why Polygon started doing provisional reviews. Yeah, where it's like we're not giving a score to this, or we're giving a score to this provisionally, but we're telling Metacritic not to consider it. Right. And some critics do do that, where they're like, okay, I'm giving it the score, but I don't want it to be considered as the final thing because I've heard that there's going to be, you know, revisions to it. But right. Metacritic snatches it up anyways in their aggregation list, and they and they have to go to Metacritic and be like, take this out. Because yeah. this is not what I want to be representative of of this until, right? It's like a good old synopsis of opinion would be so much better if like it wasn't, if it was much more readily ac- accepted by the existing systems. Mm-hmm. All in all, Dunking, I think you should learn more about Graham's criticism. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, but yeah, hmm? I'll always still appreciate Dunky as a gamer first, right? Yeah. And that, and that was another thing I wanted to bring up, but it was it was kind of like this this difference between being an entertainer and being a critic. Yeah, and everyone, yeah. everyone wants to wear all the hats now. Yeah, um, you know, between like Total Biscuit, and I think Total Biscuit is a very articulate person. But I mean, didn't he start out as like a YouTuber, or I mean, like like a Let's Player, basically. something like that? Yeah, and then he also yeah. has like kind of criticisms done. It's I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. It's a weird like YouTube has added so much to the. To the equation that people are still trying to figure out, even while at the same time you, everyone's saying like YouTube's dying or whatever, or like you know you can't make money on YouTube, but YouTube's still trying to figure out its identity. Technology's moving too fast. Yeah, yeah. On that real quick note, have you looked into the i nines that are about to release? The the i nine processors. Uh uh-uh. uh They're pretty fucking ridiculous. Wait, Somebody, what, what are we on now? Like Ivy Bridge, Sandy Hook. It's. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any. I don't think any processors should uh, should pull should pull Sandy Hook into it. I think you might it. have uh, misspoke there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I might take that out. <laughs> um. um. Yeah. No. The the new processors are KB Lake. KB Lake. Yeah. That's it. But um. So with with the set of i nines, which range from a six core to an eighteen core. <laughs> um. Yeah. You don't need that many cores. Uh, Too many cores. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're also releasing two new i7s, mm-hmm. and um, both are six core. And the lowest one is like a four. It's a four point gigahertz six core. Jesus Christ, three eighty. And I was like, done. That's not that bad. You no. know what I like about the the new tech coming out? Makes all the old tech that much cheaper. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. Just like just stay two like. Editions like, behind. Yeah, yep. like I filled out a parts list for my next PC build. Like, you know, it's like sitting on my PC part picker account. And every yep. once in a while I'll go back and just like, oh, look at that price drop. There yeah. you go. Um, <laughs> but so somebody 
Somebody took one of the. Can we tell a Titan X is like a hundred dollars? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but you want to be able to use it. By the time a Titan X is a hundred dollars, it's like not going to be worth it anymore. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well, and the 1080 Ti is already better than a Titan. Right. Yeah. Um. But so. They haven't even released specs on like anything above the six core i nine, I think. But somebody, uh, overclocked it in liquid cooling and pushed it to 7.5 gigahertz jesus christ and it benchmarked at like 74 75,000, which is like 30,000 points higher than anything else that's (laughs) wait on what scale uh i don't remember what it's called whatever the the like standard benchmarking scale is okay but um i'll if I can find the the article, I'll send it to you. But I was reading it to my uh, and my roommate was reading it, and we were just like, "Holy fuck!" That's way too much power for any one man. Ultimate power. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, that's like we're we're really we're reaching Highlander stages here. Yeah, the the <laughs> i nine eighteen core thirty six thread uh, chip is supposed to be about two k, two thousand um, dollars, but like. I was like, we could like fly to the moon with that thing. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> like, like, holy good lord. Dude, we, we flew to the moon in like magnetic tapes and like wrapped copper wire. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we need to worry about getting to the moon. Actually, actually, I, th- I think I said we could fly to Mars with it. It always surprises me like close up shots of the space shuttle and like space tech and just how flimsy it all looks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Right. But that, those, those ceramic tiles are rated to like 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So, wow. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up there. On, okay. This has been your tech minute. Tech yeah, minute. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, the um, next time, video games. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. After the food minute. Guys, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thanks Special. for having us. You're welcome. Special announcement. Um, next podcast, I'm having Jay Tholen on. He is one of the designers and developers of Dropsy the Clown. And, uh, is he gonna be like here here no I'm, I'm remoting in with him oh okay, okay. Oh. Um, and uh, he's working on a new game called Hypnospace Outlaw yeah I've seen the screen it looks super cool you yeah. should check it out if you haven't seen these gifts they're ridiculous it's like um, building a whole PC UI yeah like, it's yeah. like like a fake OS it's pretty cool it's, huh. r- it's rad yeah I'm gonna ask him about like you know his work on Dropsy his work on Hypnospace you know his, his collaborating with Devolver again Dropsy published a bunch of stuff he's had a couple Kickstarters run for both Hypnospace and Dropsy probably talk to him about that Check it out. But in the meantime, you can find this podcast and all other podcasts at ward-games.com forward slash podcast on iTunes. Search for Wardcast. Give us a review. Give us a review. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Do it. Um, Don't let your dreams be dreams. (laughs) uh, Justin, where can people find you? Um, On social media, I am at loreweaverCW pretty much everywhere uh you can also go to loreweaver.io uh is the the main company site we do a dev blog every month i need to put one of those up join the club mm-hmm. it's almost newsletter time for me alex where can people find you in rva on my couch most of the time yeah. but uh, looking at your text your pc <laughs> order specs right yeah <laughs> just on the phone constantly uh and um yeah on twitter at uh at braindeer games <laughs> G-H-O-D-A-N underscore Godin or yes, uh, at Braindeer Games or or Graindeer Brame. Graindeer Brames. Brames <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that is that is the Nega account, but it's, it's there. It's the bizarro, the bizarro world of reindeer games. <laughs> bizarro reindeer games. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much again, guys. Peace.